What I'm sharing with you today, I have entitled delight. Just that one word, delight. Please say that with me, delight. Now say it with a bit more delight. Delight. And it's all to do with delighting yourself in the Lord. Please turn to Psalm 37. And we're going to look at verse 1 to 11. Please turn in your Bible. It will appear on the screen. It's already appeared. Golly. Uh, And get ready to follow in your Bible. Psalm 37 verse 1 to 11. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And this is what God's word says to us this morning. It says, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. By the way, there was a time before Choose Life when Mandri and I were considering, shall we consider other options? Mandri's parents were living, had lived in South Africa, but then moved over to Australia. And they would have loved us to come along and move to Australia. And I felt... Lord, what do I do? And one of the scriptures that God gave me in reference to South Africa, God said, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. I understood that to mean where we were living and feed on his faithfulness. Verse four, here comes our title. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? This is what the Bible is telling us to do. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Those deep desires within you. Sometimes people don't even know about those desires in you. Sometimes your spouse doesn't even know of some of the desires in you. And God says, I will give you the desires of your heart. Verse five, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. But God, sometimes, can you please hurry up? (laughs) But the Lord says, wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. And sometimes we look around us and we see so many people bringing about wicked schemes and corruption and theft and all sorts of things. And we kind of think, God, aren't you going to do something about it? And we get stressed and we get upset about all of this. But the Lord says, do not fret In verse 8 it says, cease from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret, it only causes harm. Holy Spirit, please help us to get better at this. Do not fret. Please tell the person next to you, do not fret. Afrikaans translation says, muni panic ni. Don't panic. Do not fret, it only causes 
For evildoers shall be cut off. But those, this is you and I, who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. The last verse, verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight, there's that word again, shall delight themselves in an abundance of peace. You know what? You read a passage of scripture like this and immediately your soul starts to settle down. God's word is powerful. It's not just words on a page. God's word contains his mind, his character, his heart. And so when you read God's word, you are taken in of God and that must change people. It changes people. Please keep this passage open. We're going to refer back to it several times. I'd like to share four points based on this passage of scripture. The last one is a very brief one. Number one, oh, the blessedness of trusting in the Lord. Please say this aloud with me. Oh, the blessedness of trusting in the Lord. Doesn't that sound lovely? <laughs> it is a blessed thing. It is a good thing. It's a wonderful thing to trust in the Lord. And look at verse 3. There those words are clear. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Have you ever noticed that this aspect of trust is a recurring theme throughout the Word of God. Have you ever noticed that over and over and over and over again, it comes back to this in God's Word, trust in God, trust in God? You only have to spend a, a little bit of time in a couple of chapters here and there across the Bible and you will soon discover this is a massive theme in the Word of God, trusting in God. And so this is a critical aspect in your and my journey on earth that we grow and trust in God. I remember there was a guy that brought out a song years ago, I'm learning to trust in Jesus. Remember that song? Learning to trust in Jesus. Learning to trust in Jesus. And also, I believe that you have to renew your trust in God. This is not something that as you get saved, you do it as a once and once only decision. I believe, yes, there is this total quality decision that I will trust in the Lord my God. But there's also this aspect where we renew our trust. And a challenge comes our way and then we, instead of operating in faith, we say, okay, God, I will trust in you. I renew my trust. As you come to the end of this year and you are moving into a year that lies ahead of you, renew your trust, child of God. It's not sort of a static thing. This is a growing thing. Renew your trust in God. But throughout your life, you will come back to this time and time again, this question, do I trust God? Do I believe in God? I spoke to a lady and her mom had been given a few weeks to live. She was in her 70s, the mother was. And there was a sense that the Lord was calling mom home. And as I spoke to the daughter, she was very aware and the sense in their hearts was that perhaps this was the Lord's timing 
and that the Lord was going to be taking her home. And she said, as the daughter, she said, she felt God said to her, do you trust me? Even as there's not much time left, and I'm calling your mom home, do you trust me? And she said, you know what, Lord? You've always been faithful to me. Yes, I trust you. You know what? It is beautiful to trust the Lord. It is righteous to trust the Lord. It is holy to trust the Lord. Abraham believed in God, trusted, and it was accounted to him as righteous. It's very righteous when we trust in the Lord. I do want to remind you that God is the only one who is absolutely trustworthy. He's the only one. You might have had people in life that have made commitments to you and have let you down. Maybe even family members. Maybe even your dad. And your dad said, listen, one day, my daughter, when you get to 21, I'm going to buy you this amazing pearl necklace. And it never happened. Or maybe there was promises made of, of, you know, I'll pay for your education. And people have let you down. But your God is the one who is completely trustworthy, absolutely trustworthy. And the scripture says, no one who puts their hope in the Lord will ever be put to shame. That's our God. I think of my dad. He said shortly before we went to be the Lord, he said, all the promises that God has given have been fulfilled. Not one of the words of God have failed. Because those who hope in the Lord will never be put to shame. In Hebrews 10, verse 35 to 39, I'll read it to you. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, So, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. You know what? Sadly, some people have thrown away their confidence. And this is saying, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones, that's you and I, will live by faith. I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. And I don't care what lies and doubt the devil has been trying to put into your mind. I declare that you are the faithful ones of God. You will continue to trust him steadfastly all the days of your life. You are a faithful child of God. Because of God's work in your heart. And because of God's work in your life. We are the faithful ones. And so the scripture from Hebrews 10, 35 to 39, essentially, it's just saying, do not cast away your confidence. Maybe there was a little rocky thing that you went through in the last three months. I want to encourage you, please listen to what God's word says. Do not cast away your confidence in God. Why don't you say this after me out aloud? I will not be shaken. I will not be moved. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Number two, delight yourself in the Lord. 
Please say this with me. Delight yourself in the Lord. Just by the way, in terms of delighting, we're talking about delighting in God. But do you know that God, listen to this, He also wants you to delight in your spouse. He also wants you to delight in your children. You say, I'm delighting in God, but you're doing no delighting in your children, no delighting in your spouse. Something is wrong. I believe that when we really delight in God, then we delight in what God has given us, our spouse, our our children, etc. But above all, we should delight ourselves in Him. Verse 4, there it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and here comes the promise, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that an amazing promise? He shall give you, this is God speaking, (laughs) He shall give you the desires of your heart. Thank you, God. You're not a man that you would like. This is the truth. Now, the Hebrew word for delight yourself is aunach. Aunach means to be soft and pliable. And so, listen, we need to be soft and pliable to the Lord. We need to be aunach. We need to be delighting ourselves. We need to be soft and pliable to the Lord. We must not be stiff-necked. We must not be rigid. We must not be that lump of clay that says, I'm not going to let the potter mold me. No, we mustn't do that. I think of the Israelites in the wilderness. They were a stiff-necked people for so much of the time. And that's why it took so long for them to receive the things that God wanted them to have. If you are going to hold on to bitterness in your heart and offense and you're going to be offended even at God, and you're going to be angry at God, and and He didn't answer this prayer, and so on, you are not being soft and pliable. You're not delighting yourself in the Lord. You're not. And we need to say, God, forgive me for any hardness of heart. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, forgive me for that hardness. I confess it to you. I don't want to be hard. I want to be soft and pliable towards you, Lord. And some have suggested that Alnach means Some of the following, wrapping ourselves around God because we're soft and pliable. Aonach also means getting caught up in God. Aonach means letting Him be the object of our fascination. Not like God, I'm frustrated. No, but God, you're the object of my fascination. I might not understand everything, but your ways are higher than my ways. And I just bless you, Lord. You're the object of my fascination. I am soft and pliable towards you. Delight. It's like having a passion for something. I wonder if you have a particular passion. Uh, a hobby, uh, an interest in your life that you are particularly passionate about. Now, have you ever noticed people who have a passion for gardening? Now, raise a hand if you have a passion for gardening. Come on, raise up your hand. Don't be shy, don't be shy. Okay, I don't know what it is, but people suddenly just can go this high. That's all their hands could go. A little bit higher, please. Passion for gardening. Okay, thank you, both the 63 of you. Now, in terms of these people who have a passion for gardening, they love it. 
There is nothing as exciting for them on a Saturday morning to wake up early and they're going to head down to the nursery. They're going to head down to the Quakeray and they are going to get a bag of potting soil. <laughs> and they smell it and it's... Oh, the potting soil. And then they bind some of their little seedlings, the petunias, the pansies, the busy lizzies. Come on, you know your Bible well. Come on, give me some more flowers. Dandelions. I don't know what that was, but thank you. Uh, all these different flowers and, and beautiful things and and they are so excited and then they get back home and they get on their knees in front of the patch that they're going to work on and there is nothing as exciting as sinking their fingers into dirt. Ooh, dirt. And then they smell that compost bag again and they say, this is going to be a good Saturday. And they got that special little fork and they fiddle yarn, fiddle yarn, plant them in there, plant them in there. And then they watch that the dog is not going to come. They lock the dog away. You know, and then afterwards you have to water it, not with a hose pipe, a watering can with a little rose. And you know what? That is delight. They are delighting themselves in their hobby, in gardening, and they don't even have to have green fingers, but they have an amazing time. Now, let me give you another example of delight. Is that okay? Another one, have you ever noticed how passionate motorcyclists can be about what they do? How many people we got in the house that you have a motorcycle? Okay, put up your hands nice and high. All right, people with Vespas, take down your hands, please. I'm talking proper motorbikes here. No, I'm just teasing. Some of these Vespas, they go really well. Don't take me wrong there. But you know what? It amazes me how passionate these people can be about motorcycling. And here you have this guy. It's Friday. He's an accountant. He's clean cut. He looks smooth and creamy like a margarini. (laughs) And this is Friday. But step into Saturday when he's got his Harley Davidson and everything changes. Suddenly there's leathers. (laughs) Suddenly there's leather jacket and there's patches on places they've never been. Don't worry, they've actually never been there. They've got these patches, they've got dark glasses, they've got, you know, the helmet, they've got the attitude, and then they open up their shirt and it says Guns N' Roses. Meanwhile, they've never listened to Guns N' Roses in their life, man. (laughs) And for them, it is just so exciting. They can't wait. And by the way, with a, a Harley Davidson, you know what sound it makes? Harley, 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 Davidson, Davidson, Harley, 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 Davidson, Davidson. And so this is what they do. And then they go into that coffee shop. And Friday, they were a normal accountant, clean cut, nice collar and everything. And the next day, they walk into that coffee shop on their breakfast run. And it looks like they are part of the Hell's Angels. Meatloaf. Guns and roses, you know? It's amazing. You know what that is? It is delight. Come on, it's passion. It's delight, it's passion. They live for that. It's so exciting. Can I give you one more example? Anybody ready for one more example? Now, have you noticed those people 
that are passionate about brying. By the way, you don't mess with them when they bry. It's very serious business. As my friend would say, very, very serious business. And so these guys, they've got all the special bry tongs. They've got this, that, and the next thing. And they talk ah, all sorts of stuff. So what happened was, Mundry and I and Jason and Michael, we were traveling north to south through Kruger in 2017. We decided, look, we're not really caravanning people, okay? But we decided we're going to travel north to south over two weeks and two days here, two days there, two days there, and two days. And by the way, it's quite a mission. You've got to set up that caravan. You've got to chase the baboons away. They even stole our rusks. Whole Tupperware full of rusks. I'm thinking like, they don't eat rusks, but anyway. And so... We are enjoying this holiday time and we're traveling from north to south. And, and then what happens as you get into the campsites at night in Kruger National Park, everybody starts to light up their fire. And now this is part of the culture. So here I am. I'm an Englishman. I'm all ready for this. So I have my charcoal briquettes. I shove in those little Blitz fire lighters because it must only be Blitz, please. Shove, shove in those Blitz fire lighters. I light it and there we go. Yeah, I'm feeling so excited. You know, tent is set up, caravan is set up and now I'm looking forward to the fire burning. But then I discovered there's lots of other people with fires. Mr. van Bura. A lot of the Afrikaans men. And I realized I am the only one with charcoal briquettes. Everybody else has wood. And as the Yamasisudhout, Mark Seeker Besiekabushout, alright? Make sure that it is Sikelbush Bash. Okay. And so I'm thinking though this is crazy. All of these guys have got these nice pyramids and big flames and it looks like you want to go oh, 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 oh. you know and here I am with my little fire. And so I realized there's something I'm missing. I missed the memo or something. But you know what? I think that those guys they were feeling sorry for me as they looked at this Engelsman, this Roynek. Now, let me just tell you something. If you ever bry with an Afrikaans wormy, I'm talking like a student wormy like this. Here's a hot tip. Let's imagine this is your meat on the fire and this is his meat. Here's a hot tip. Never touch his meat ever, ever. It could end up bad for you. And especially if it is one of those men that has those khaki shirts with the other color pockets. You just don't touch his meat. Anasta, so akyo brai. You know what I mean? And by the way, when they say unska no brai, it's a lie. You're never going to brai soon. It'll start much, much later. Come on, give a hand. That's fun, man. That's fun. Somebody is smelling a bride. Are we ready for something? But you know, in terms of all of that, 
When you think of these guys with their passion for brine and the way in which they do that, what is it? That is delight. It's taking pleasure in something. And in this case, they are delighting themselves in brine. And it's good fun to be able to do that. But now, how do we delight ourselves in the Lord? It's actually, in some ways, quite similar to these interests and passions. But you know what? The level of affection when we talk God is altogether greater. And the level of affection is of an eternal nature. And so when we talk about delighting ourselves in God, it's about being, it's about being passionate about God. I love to worship Him. I love to sing. I love to praise Him. He is the altogether lovely one. He's my gold. He's my precious silver. I love the Lord. And it's this passion which is at an altogether uh, higher level of affection. Now, let me tell you this. The wonderful thing is, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, He goes about fulfilling our deepest desires. Because He knows He has your heart. And if he has your heart, freely everything else comes with it. Delight yourself in the Lord. Say that with me. Delight yourself. Now let me tell you a story which you might never forget. So in terms of this, I was traveling to the airport on Tuesday. I was taking my mom to the airport with my nephew, uh, Luke, Peter's, bro Peter's son. And so as we are Heading off to the airport, my mom asks me, like she sometimes does a couple of days before a Sunday, so what are you preaching about, John? So I said, mom, I'm talking about delight. You know, I have to like answer to my mom and make sure everything's cool by the pool, you know? So I say, mom, I'm talking about delight. The whole aspect of delighting yourself in the Lord. And immediately, she had something that she started to share with me. And she said, I discovered something about delighting the Lord and Him giving the desires of your heart some years ago. And my mom began to share this, that she said that when my eldest brother, her firstborn, uh, when she had my eldest brother, that she breastfed or he breastfed for a period of three months. And then he stopped. He wasn't interested anymore. And quite frankly, my mom was a little disappointed because she had really wanted to have a longer time of breastfeeding, but it was only three months. Anyhow, then it came to my middle brother, and then my mom, because of meditating on the scripture, delight, and you'll receive the desires of your heart, my mom began to deliberately delight in the Lord more than she had ever before. And with regards to the aspect of the breastfeeding and so on, she was delighting in the Lord. And so instead of just for three months, she was delighted that she breastfed my middle brother for nine months. And it was so lovely for her. It was so happy. There is something very special that happens between a mom and a child in something like that. So it was nine months. And then I came along. <laughs> Myself, the last born. And my mom was getting even better at this, and my mom delighted even more in the Lord. She was even more intentional about it. And as a result, I breastfed for 16 months that my mom was doing that. 
and it brought great joy to my mother. And just by the way, that is why I am such a well-adjusted personality. I just want to put it out there. My brothers are going to get me later. What example are you telling in church, John? But you know what? What's the point? As my mom grew in delighting in God, she received more of her heart's desires fulfilled. Let me say that again. As my mom grew in delighting in God, she experienced more of her heart's desires being fulfilled. This is a key, folks. It's an absolute key. Praise God. Point number three. I'm not going to get into point number four today. Point number three. Prayerfully give things to the Lord. Please say that with me. Prayerfully give things to the Lord. This is also found in this passage. And it says in verse five. It says in verse five. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. Now, where it says commit uh, where it says commit your way. Take note of that phrase, your way. What does your way involve? As I looked into it, it, discover, it involves all of the affairs and business of life. So when God says, hey, my son, my daughter, commit your way to me. God's inviting you to give all of the affairs of life, all of the business of life, give the kids sport, Give your business tender. Cast that on to me. Give that deadline that you're facing. Give the doctor's appointment. Give your exams. And God says, give all these affairs of life to me. And by the way, it says, commit your way. And the Hebrew word for commit means to roll. And in other words, there's an example given together with this, that with a camel in the old days, the camel would come and sit down. They would get the camel seated. And then they would have a big load that has to go onto the camel. And they would all together, two or three guys, lift and roll that onto the camel. And so I believe what God is saying to us through this is that we need to listen. Roll the affairs of life onto the Lord. God's inviting you to do that. Please, we must take... Um, take up that opportunity from the Lord. Roll the affairs of life onto the Lord. And a scripture that I've referred to on several occasions is Psalm 55, verse 22. In Amplified Classic, it says, Cast your care on the Lord, and then this, releasing the weight of it, and He shall sustain you. But you know what, child of God, the key is, we must release the weight of it. Otherwise, it remains our burden. But when you roll it on to God, you release the weight of it. I think of that song. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Do you know that song? comes from one of friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because 
to God in prayer. The same words again. Say them to me. <laughs> oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer. As I'm drawing to a close, I want to say to you, child of God, listen. God is the great burden bearer. May that come to you with faith today. God is the great burden bearer. We are not designed to carry these heavy burdens and these heavy stresses. Stress only causes harm, as it says in verse 8. But let us rather take advantage that we can release our burdens to the Lord. And you know what? As we commit our way to Him, God is not neutral. As we commit our way to Him, God steps in and He does something about it. He steps in and He does something about it. And so we have this wonderful privilege of presenting things to God. And God says, then I become involved to help intentionally because you're giving it to me, because you're giving it to me. And as I look at this passage that we've read today, essentially I see the following. Listen carefully. As we endeavor to, number one, keep trusting in the Lord. Number two, delight ourselves in the Lord. And number three, prayerfully give things to the Lord. Then the Lord says that I will give you an abundance of peace. And it says in verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your encouragement to us today. Thank you that every time your word brings life, <laughs> you have the words of life. Where else can we go? And Father, this aspect of delighting ourselves in the Lord, we invite you to remind us many times over this Christmas time. Remind us about this, Lord. And help us then in that moment to delight ourselves in you. We say that you are delightful. We love you, Lord. We bless your name. I bless your people. For those that will be now shortly going on leave and going away and traveling, keep them all safe. For those that will be here, give each one a wonderful time. But we pray that we would not be stolen from in this time in Jesus' name. We thank you for a hedge of protection around the people of God. And we thank you that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear you. And so we thank you, Lord, for your blessing and a blessed Christmas time ahead. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name.